For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. We have two great interviews for you today. In our first half hour, we are talking about autism. And we are talking to Kent Heckenlively, who is a science teacher, attorney, and founding contributing editor to The Age of Autism, the father of a daughter stricken with autism after her childhood vaccinations. Kent Heckenlively has applied his exacting skills to explore and connect the di- between childhood vac- vaccines and autism in two books. The one just released book, Inoculated. How Science Lost Its Soul in Autism. And another book is Plague, One Scientist's Intrepid Search for the Truth About Human Retroviruses, Chronic Fatigue Syndrome, Autism, and Other Diseases. All right, and we're, we're talking to Kent. This book, Inoculated, initially reads like a mystery thriller. Um, and it's, it's almost akin to all the president's men's deep throat, um, spilling government secrets. But uh, this is not a thriller. This is real life. And um, Kent's life was kind of destined to take on this Herculean task of raising people's awareness of the danger of all of the issues around autism and other diseases as well. Welcome, Kent. Patricia, thanks for having me. I really appreciate this time. Yeah, you're welcome. Talk about why you decided to write this book. Well, I think that, you know, Everybody has heard about this question of vaccines and autism, and the mainstream media generally dismisses it, um, but I think that there's a, a bigger story, and I, I think that people's kind of default um, opinion is based on what they hear in the mainstream media, and there's another story that needs to be told. And you know, you mentioned that I'm uh, both an, an attorney and a science teacher, and mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that uh, you know my legal background makes me um, dedicated to the proposition that when there's an issue, you need to have a debate, and there needs to be two sides. So I really encourage people that as much as uh, nobody would would want to have somebody put to death without having a good defense, um, that the other side needs to be heard and that, you know, I'm right in the other side of this issue. I think mm. what would probably surprise your listeners the most is to learn that in 1986, uh, President Reagan signed something called the National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which took childhood vaccines out of the regular civil court system and put them in something called the vaccine court. Now, the vaccine court has very different rules of evidence, and let me explain a little bit why, because I think it's important to understand how we came to this place. Mm -hmm. So let's say uh, tomorrow morning you're making toast, and your toaster catches fire and burns down half your kitchen. 
Well, you understand that you can sue the manufacturers of that toaster, and the company has to disclose all the complaints they've gotten about their toasters catching fire. You can depose them for records. You can depose their engineers. And, you know, we all understand it because that results in us getting safer products. Nothing even remotely similar exists in vaccine court. So what Mm -hmm. happens is you can't sue the manufacturers of the vaccine. You actually have to apply to the federal government, and the government has this fund set up, so you can't get any documents from the people who made it. You can't depose any of the scientists who developed it. Why is this? Why is this? Well, what happened in 1980, the 1980s uh, is that there was one vaccine, the DTP vaccine, which was damaging children, causing death and brain damage. And the, there were so many claims that one of the pharmaceutical companies said the, um, the number of claims that are currently in the market, if, they, if these people all won, would be 100 times our yearly sales of the vaccine. So um, they, they felt that they needed protection, which is, you know, I, I, there's some level at which I understand it, but there's some level at which I say, well, geez, but it seems like these kids need protection as well. So there really was this effort to try and create a sustainable vaccine program. Um, but what was happening at that time is there were only about 10 doses of six different vaccines that kids got before the age of five, with the majority of that coming before the age, just before they went to kindergarten. You know, they're four or five years old. Well, that's radically different than what we have today because um, the human immune system really doesn't fully develop until about three or four. And then it's probably significantly safer to give vaccines. But behind the shield of this vaccine court, what we've done is we've gone from 10 doses of six different vaccines to 49 doses of 16 vaccines, with mm-hmm. the majority of those coming in the first year of life. And, mm-hmm. and the only reason that's been able to take place is because of this law. So now you've got a conflicted, you've, got, you've basically neutered the justice system. It's not really working the way it works for every other consumer product. And then you've got a group like the CDC, which has kind of a dual mission. Their dual mission, they measure their success by how high vaccination rates are, and yet at the same time, they're in charge of vaccine safety. Well, that's kind of like having a Department of Transportation that is in charge of making sure that people fly a whole lot, and yet at the same time investigating, you know, airplane crashes. We, we know that we don't trust a, a, a airline to investigate their own airline crash, we have something called the National Transportation Safety Board. So I just say that as a way of letting people know that there's this, the the system of checks and balances with vaccines has become terribly skewed. And I I believe that in those instances, injustice is easily, and corruption happens very easily. Well, and there's something here, too, that I'm reading, that um, California is a bellwether state. And it's now made it illegal not to vaccinate your child. So now where does that play in? If you've you've done all your research and you don't want your child to be vaccinated, do you have a choice? Do you have to go to another state? Uh, Well, if you want your child to have public education, yes. Now, it's, Mm. it's it's coming in slowly, but... You know, it's, 
one of the things that we talk about is in the aftermath of World War II, there was something passed called the Nuremberg Code, which sought to keep uh, governments from doing things that the Nazis did. And one of the mm. Nuremberg principles is that you cannot have any forced medical procedures, that there must be um, informed consent. Well, you don't have a justice system which is actually looking at, is even allowed to look at these things. You've got a corrupted, a conflicted, and then corrupted CDC, and then you're telling people they have to do this um, or else their children aren't going to go to school. And the Nuremberg Code basically says um, that you can consent to employment or educational opportunities cannot be dependent on you submitting to a medical procedure. So, uh, you know, I'm a native Californian, and and I have to say um, our state is becoming very fascist in uh, medical issues. Yeah, well, it's not the only thing that's becoming fascist, and I probably shouldn't say that on the air, but uh, that's uh, <laughs> it's a real problem. But <laughs> let's um, let's talk about your daughter and you know how how that affected you. I mean, the 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 good part of it, if there's a good part of this, is that it certainly propelled you to do the research and make a difference in this. You know, it's a hard way to have to do it to go through it yourself. But give us yeah. a little backstory about your own child. Well, it's really a story of, of my two children because uh, with my first child, uh, our first child, Jacqueline, uh, we think that she was damaged by her six-month vaccines because shortly before her six-month checkup, she went off of uh, breast milk and we put her on regular cow's milk formula. And, you know, after her checkup, about three weeks later, she started having little head bobs, which were diagnosed as a seizure disorder um, about three or four months after that. And, you know, for your audience, you should know this, that seizures actually are listed as a side effect of vaccines. Um, Mm. She was diagnosed at three years with uh, autism. Uh, So along comes my son. But at the time, we're not even thinking about vaccines. I mean, I'd I'd heard the claim and, you know, I, I really didn't put much credence in it. And it took my son to make a believer out of me because what happened was for reasons unrelated to autism, we kept him on a hypoallergenic uh, milk formula till he was about 15 months old um, because we discovered my daughter has a milk allergy. And I, I think that's part of this condition as well. Um, so, but it gets kind of expensive. So at 15 months, you know, we took him off and, you know, he's just getting the regular milk formula. And I actually took him to his 18-month checkup. And because I thought the doctor missed something at my daughter's six-month checkup, he went through a full developmental checkup. So he passes with flying colors, has 15, 20 words, looking appropriately. Everything's great. He gets his shots. Three days later, he's mute and pounding his head on the floor. And I said, and when my wife told me about it, I said, oh, my God, this theory that I thought was crazy seems to be true because three days ago he was perfect. And so really, by the grace of God, within a couple days of that happening, I ran across the gluten casein-free diet, put both the kids on it immediately. After 12 days, my son said his first word again. And it was as if we caught him falling Mm. into the abyss of autism. Took him about a year to catch up in language with his peers, about two years for his sensory problems to go away. Um, But he entered kindergarten as a normally developing five-year-old, and, you know, he's 16 years old, he's driving, he's, uh, you know, an honor student, got a wicked sense of humor, and he's a track athlete. 
So, in, and my daughter is still very severely affected. So, whatever process I was able to interrupt with my son, um, something had happened with my daughter, and I, I strongly believe that she still can be helped, even though she's very severely affected. Um, but that answer is going to be significantly different than what worked for my son. Mm. Wow. Well, let's continue this conversation after the break. This is amazing. Okay. And, uh, what I'd like to do next when we come back is what can parents do? You know, what, what can parents do, and particularly if, if they feel that um, this is, that the vaccination is the problem? All right, folks, um, we are, you are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. My guest is Kent Heckenlively, and the name of his book is Inoculated, How Science Has Lost Its Soul in Autism. Stay tuned. Uh, we will be right back right after the break. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you found the beauty inside of you? Join Bonnie Bonadeo each week for Beauty Inside and Out. We'll explain how beauty plays a part in everybody's lives. Our guests are makeup artists, hairdressers, and doctors. But we'll also feature holistic and wellness specialists and spiritual advisors. You can find that beauty inside and express it to its fullest on the outside. Tune in to Beauty Inside and Out every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the patricia raskin show if you wish to call into our program today please call 1-866-472-5788 that number again is 1-866-472-5788 you may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com now back to the patricia raskin show hello everyone and this is patricia raskin my guest is kent heckenlively he's a science teacher an attorney and a founding contributing editor to Age of Autism. And he has written a new book, Inoculated, How Science Has Lost Its Soul in Autism. 
And as uh, one of the testimonials says this, and it's so powerful, I want to read it. Kent Heckenlively kicks down doors and takes names, as we say in Texas, and he does it with the professionalism of a true journalist and the compassion of a parent with an autistic child and the determination of a tested author. And so he answers those difficult questions, and he finds out there was whistleblowing in this case with the vaccines, and Kent found all that out. Welcome back, Kent. Thanks so much. Okay, go ahead. So Tell us I the think story. I, I know that your listeners are probably saying, okay, you know, I, I've heard stories similar to Kent's. Um, tell me how this is different. And how this is different is in 2014, a top scientist at the CDC uh, named Dr. William Thompson, who works in the vaccine safety division, turned federal whistleblower. He turned over more than 10,000 pages of documents to Congress showing that the CDC had investigated the question of specifically whether the measles, mumps, and rubella vaccine um, and earlier administration of it was linked to increased rates of autism, and that the CDC had done that research, they had found the link, and they had covered it up. Now, how did they do that? Well, what was happening in the early 2000s is that the CDC had recommended that the MMR shot be given at 36 months and older. And so, and then they had, so they had a whole bunch of data on kids who'd gotten the MMR shot at 36 months. Then they made a recommendation that it could be given younger. It could be given at 24 months, 18 months, 12 months. So then they had a second set of data for all these kids who got it before 36 months. And so they ran the numbers and lo and behold, the uh, link popped up. There were two groups that specifically showed increased rates of autism based on earlier administration of the MMR vaccine. Those two groups were African-American males. They had something like a 3.46-fold increase in autism. And for your listeners, you should know that um, usually anything above a 2.0 is considered proven. So they had African-American boys who were at extreme increased risk of earlier administration of the MMR vaccine, and another group that they called isolated autism. Now, your listeners may be shaking their heads and going, okay, well, what is isolated autism? Well, isolated autism is what the rest of the sane world calls normally developing children. They had about a 2.45-fold increase. So what the CDC then did was they took out a whole bunch of these kids, so the odds ratios dropped below 2.0, and then they published that research. So this whistleblower, and in fact, the members of the CDC, there were about five of them, uh, were so concerned about this that they called in all the other scientists on a Saturday afternoon at the CDC hauled in a large garbage can to throw away all of the data, including the computer files. Dr. Mm. William Thompson wow. Dr. William Thompson thought that that was illegal, and so he kept copies of it, and he was also the statistician and tech guy, so he kept copies of all these files. So in 2014, um, this story broke in the uh, autism community, and, you know, we were waiting because this seems like the autism Watergate moment, you know? Hey, oh. we got you dead to rights. I mean, he even signs a confession saying that he did this. 
and the news media didn't cover it at all. So a couple um, months go by, and I think, well, I'm a writer. Nobody else is doing this story. Maybe it's my job to do this story. So I actually called up um, uh, the autism parent and scientist that Dr. Thompson had first confided this to, and uh, Dr. Brian Hooker, who's a college biology professor at Simpson University in Northern California. And um, it was really Brian Hooker's kind of like the hero of this story because um, he, he had, has been a longtime advocate. Thompson knew him from before because we've been trying to work with the CDC, um, you know, never imagining that, uh, you know, they were actively working against children. Um, you know, we had always kind of thought that, you know, what they were doing didn't make sense, but how could you ever imagine that government scientists would perform research like this and then cover it up? Because, you know, I'm going to turn, you know, in law, you raise your hand, say, I promise to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. In science, you know, you're taught that science has a sacred obligation to tell the truth without fear or favor. And to find that these scientists um, covered up information which harms children. You know, I am, you know, I'm a science teacher and, a, and an attorney, so I don't usually t- talk in these terms, but, you know, that is evil. That is a crime against humanity. That's a crime against every single person in the United States. And so, uh, you know, as much as people may think that the whole vaccine autism question is very speculative, all I can say is, I, in writing this book, I was actually had to apply to Congress and was granted access to these documents turned over by the senior CDC scientists. So, you know, this is not something speculative. I'm, I, I'm right, wrote this book based on documents I got from Congress, you know, showing that this cover-up was real, showing that there's a culture of corruption at the CDC when it comes to um, autism and vaccines. And, you know, what is most troubling to see is this isn't an isolated incident with the MMR. They did the same thing when they investigated the question of mercury in vaccines and autism. They said they lost the original data set, um, and they used the information from these two bogus studies to, in 2004, commit the United States government not to spend any more federal dollars investigating the question of vaccines and autism. So really what we're looking at is a tragedy that has been going on for 13 years, um, covered up by these scientists at the CDC. And, and uh, you know, these are crimes against humanity. This is, this is not a this misunderstanding. This is all in the name, is this all in the name of money and, and uh, pharmaceuticals and, and vaccine costs? Is that what this is about? Sounds it. Yeah. You know, it's it's a really interesting question. I've struggled with that because what I was also able to do is I was also able to look at the um, um, at the original research plans put together by the scientists, specifically for uh, mercury and for the MMR, and they were really good, solid research plans. I mean, they they may have been biased in thinking that vaccines were not linked to this, but they did. They did their jobs as, as good scientists, you know, let, let's really figure it out. I think that they, that it's almost like a religion. Um, and, and so I, I stay a little bit away from the money argument, although I think that's big. But I, I kind of say that, you know, they have been taught from the very beginning that, you know, vaccines saved humanity. And, you know, it's kind of interesting to actually look at, you know, 
when vaccines were introduced and when we had the greatest um, drop in mortality. And, and it really seems like, you know, cleaning up our air and water and food is, is the big thing. Um, but, you know, vaccines have probably played some role. But, you know, just because something has done something good doesn't mean we don't investigate those things that might be bad. And I, I really think that uh, they thought that any, any problems with vaccines um, could not be spoken of. And mm. so it, it really is akin to, mm. a, you know, the, the, the cult of it's science. It's a cover-up. And, and it's, a, it's a cover-up. I mean, it's an amazing, amazing cover-up. We have a few minutes left. So where's the hope? Where, where, where are we now with this? Well, it's kind of funny because, you know, unfortunately, we, we've had to get involved in politics. And I always say there's no Republican Demo- autism or Democratic autism. There's just suffering kids and families. But we have yeah. to participate. And in 2008, we actually had every major political candidate on our side, including Obama, who promised that he was going to appoint an autism czar. Well, nothing happened. Um, uh, but... Donald Trump has been great in meeting with our community. He met with uh, Dr. Andy Wakefield, who was the British scientist who first uh, came up with this observation, and, and uh, he's published, they've actually um, uh, put out a documentary about the case that's in my book called um, Vax from Cover-Up to Catastrophe. Um, and Trump took a copy of that uh, DVD, promised to watch it, promised that if he won, he would have further meetings with our people at the White House. Um, he has followed through on that. He's appointed Robert Kennedy Jr., um, uh, head of the Vaccine Safety and Scientific Integrity Commission. And uh, I love his pick of Tom Price as health, head of Health and Human Services because he's somebody to whom this issue is well known as well. And we're hoping that the CDC director is also um, going to be uh, somebody who is will investigate corruption in the CDC. And then um, at the end of March, actually, I'm going to be speaking on the steps of the U.S. Capitol. We've got a rally, the Revolution for Truth rally, and I'll be speaking with Robert Kennedy Jr. Um, mm-hmm. on that platform. So mm-hmm. the, if it really matters that those yes, at the does. top investigate the corruption yeah. and uh, yeah. early signs are that Trump is really – interested in draining the swamp at the CDC. So, um, you know, if he does that, I'm going to say nice things about him. And if uh, he doesn't, I'm going to be at the head of that peasant army with pitchforks and and torches (laughs) and protect our kids. Yeah, yeah. How can people get involved? We've got two minutes left. What can somebody do if they're listening to this and actually have one minute left um, and would like to get involved? Okay, so I think it's important to be armed with knowledge. So my book, is Inoculated, is at uh, barnesandnoble.com as well as Amazon. I've got a website, www.inoculated.org, one N. Um, and I encourage people to um, – the mainstream media goes crazy talking about uh, Robert Kennedy heading up his Vaccine Safety and Scientific Integrity Commission. So when you see those articles, go and comment on them and say, hey, we, we support getting to the truth. Okay. We really appreciate it. Again, give us your website as well. Yeah, it's www.inoculated.org. That's I-N-O-C-U-L-A-T-E-D. Really appreciate this. Thanks so much for being on the program. Stay on the line for a minute. 
All okay. right. Again, Heck and Lively and his book, Kent Heck and Lively. His book is Inoculated, A Science Has Lost Its Soul in Autism. You can log on to inoculated.org. Again, thank you, Kent. All right. Thank we'll be right back with our next interview right here on voiceamerica.com. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.